Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. doing you're listening to the arts house on corks 96 fm and c103 it's elmarie maw at the microphone with you connor talons also here in studio great to be here good to see you again <laughs> and this morning on the program we've lots of lovely guests for you to meet and some great music as well a little bit later on we'll be chatting to george hanover about a new writing project from triscoll we've new music from fiona o'brien and the castle lines gospel choir but they don't sing a note we've a sensational song co-written by Sally O'Leary from Cork, recorded by her sister Claire O'Leary and her colleagues in the West End, and a new play commissioned by Kirkadurka, which incredibly foretold the experience of lockdown we're all going through. I'll be chatting to its author, Aideen O'Donoghue. And this week I got to catch up with Mick Hannigan from Indie Cork, Cork's Festival of Independent Film where they've put out an interesting and fun challenge for Cork filmmakers of all types. And I'll be going back in time, thousands of years, to the age of the Greek gods and saying thank you to frontline staff everywhere in the company of Michael Waldron from the Crawford. And we've news on free professional training from the Opera House and ideas and things to do from the Glucksman. We've never seen a busier time in the arts, to be honest. But first, we're tentatively looking at the start of phase one tomorrow. And this week, hardware stores are allowed to open. Now, were you dodging the DIY? Or are you actually itching to start a project? (laughs) You've no excuses now. What are you going to build? Going to build a mountain from a little hill. Going to build me a mountain. At least I hope I will. Gonna build a mountain, gonna build it high. I don't know how I'm gonna do it. The sounds there of Sammy Davis Jr. And you know that the hardware stores open this week. I just won't be able to stop myself. I actually have one or two other kind of building themed pieces of music for us later on this morning. And I, I know you'll indulge me. Now, I've been indulging in all sorts of stuff online. I've been a bit fascinated by all the recordings of virtual choirs. And I know the production and editing that goes into them is amazing because I've been trying it myself with very shaky results, it has to be said. But I came across a song earlier on in the week that while it's performed, by a soloist was actually created by a choir 
Castle Lions Gospel Choir with their director, Fiona O'Brien, collaborated on Zoom to write a really catchy song about life on Zoom. And it was then recorded by Fiona's niece, Moylan Brunach. So before we listened to the song she recorded in lockdown in Germany, I asked Fiona O'Brien how it all came about. After Patrick's Day, it was sort of becoming very real that, you know, things were changing quite rapidly and that there wasn't going to be any more uh, rehearsals in uh, the church. And uh, at that stage, then I kind of felt compelled as a leader of the choir to try and and instigate or initiate a new rehearsal space. So I had been kind of checking Zoom out and uh, familiarizing myself with it. And I thought, well, maybe this would be an option. So I presented the idea to the choir and not everybody took it up because for various reasons, people would have Internet issues or some of our members were working in the front line. So they weren't available. They were, you know, to to actually do the session. So when we engaged with it on the first night, I knew that there was going to be issues around the delay and the latency, the time delay. And I thought we were going to be very limited as to what to do. So I just did a little bit of singing. We did different versions of Stand By Me and we did a few warm-up exercises and things like that. And then I asked everybody to do a bit of creative writing. So initially, my idea was that we would do a rap of some sort. You know? So I said, well, look, we're on Zoom. They're talking that there's going to be a baby boom. I said, so let's start off with Zoom baby boom. You know? <laughs> so... Then everybody just started throwing out loads of ideas, you know, loads of words. And, you know, they started to get very specific about the time and everything. And I said, well, you know, maybe if we don't put too specific, uh, because it would be nice if this song can live on anyway, meaningful at all. Mm. It, it could transcend the time and it could always be relevant because, you know, you could be having a lockdown in your heart and you could be, you know, feeling desolation and isolation, not because of the lockdown, but because of something traumatic or tragic or something that might have happened to you so you know I said let this song be translatable so uh, we were very clear then that we weren't going to make it specific because you know we were talking at one stage about mentioning about Leo Varadkar and Trump and all this and I said no no leave them out of it completely and just keep it relevant a little bit vague but we're definitely talking about our time but it could definitely translate It's open to the listener to interpret it and right now the listener is going to, of course, interpret it in this current context, but it can be interpreted in another context, depending on when people would tune into it. Yeah. That's for sure. I can imagine there was probably great crack at that brainstorming for lyrics initially. Yeah, everybody really got into it and they were very engaged in it. And, and then we revisited it again the following week. And at that stage, then I could see the Zoom Boom Baby was kind of the chorus and that the, you know, the verses then were were in their own right and then we had a little rap then we thought it was kind of funny like sitting in our seats eating sweets posting tweets amidst the empty streets you know our piano player she's very talented and she lives with her partner and he's also a musician she said well you know I'll, I'll make a little backing track for our rap and I said okay that's great I said I'm delighted with that and she came back to me with a lovely backing track and I just kept listening to it and I was looking at the words and I just kind of felt, you know, tune coming to me to my mind, a little melody. And I was just working on the words and things like that. And then I came up with a melody. So I presented it then to the group. I said, look, I have a melody here. So 
the idea then was that we were going to to sing it together, which we did. We sang it together at the next rehearsal. At that stage, then I said, well, you know what, what we'll do now is we'll ask each of you to record yourself singing that because that's what they're doing with all the other virtual choirs out there. They're, they're doing it. They're doing a pre-recording. Yes. And then they have got, they've got somebody who's clever with technology and is able to <laughs> layer up the song and, you know, and suddenly. And it's all not miming. easy. I kind of knew it wasn't going to be a runner, you know. So I decided anyway, I would contact my niece in Berlin. She's over there in lockdown as well, but she has a little mini studio. She went over there to kind of launch her career and explore the Berlin scene and everything. And uh, she'd already released a song uh, about lockdown herself uh, called It's All Right. And of course, being a dutiful niece and a goddaughter, she couldn't refuse me, you know. <laughs> so she went off and she recorded it and sent it back to me. And I was like, oh, this is lovely now because I kind of felt, you know, she's a very young, quirky voice. You know, she's a bit more relevant than I am. You know, I'm a 48 year old, um, overweight, middle aged woman <laughs> singing a song. And I said, you know what? Let her sing it. Let her sing it. Let her make it relevant and, and uh, interesting, you know. And I just thought it, w- it would probably catch people's attention as well, you know. And I sent it to the choir. And I think the choir then were able to see, God, this is a really, really nice piece of music. This is really special, you know. So we were very proud of it, of course. So, you know, the, the thing now is that the choir, we're on holidays now because the year is up. So the plan is to, when we go back in September, please God, if we can do the socially distancing in the church, we'll get the choir to sing it. Oh, and yeah. uh, and my niece will be back from, Moylan will be back from Berlin at that stage. So she might even come down and do a recording with us, you know. This really is a fantastic piece. I love how smooth the sound is. She does a great, great job of it. And what a story behind just one song. Fiona, it's been so lovely talking to you. And now we're going to let everybody hear it. Okay, thank you so much. Thanks for having me and having the song on your show. Thank you. Never did we think that this curfew would enable the world to renew. The sky, the sea are so bright blue, inspired by the new worldview.
life is a guarantee. Overcoming trials and misery is gonna be a sweet victory. Zoom, baby, driving us so crazy. Zoom, baby, so lazy. Sitting in our seats, eating sweets, posting tweets amidst the empty streets. Lounge sound there of Zoom Baby, and that was the voice of Moylan Brunach recording her track all the way over in Germany. The backing track for that was composed by Sarah Hall and Rory Dillon. The melody by Fiona O'Brien, the choir's director, and the lyrics were put together in Zoom sessions by Castle Lions Gospel Choir. Well done. What a great example of a modern contemporary collaboration, I have to say. Now, I don't know what kind of things you're getting up to in lockdown. Maybe you're not always feeling quite as zen or maybe you have been out in the garden. I know I've been really enjoying the gardening, I have to say, over the last number of weeks. So this is for everybody who's been getting sort of a bit of comfort or time out or mental headspace, whatever you want to call it in the garden. This comes from the soundtrack to the Buena Vista Social Club. And I really love this track. It's Dos Gardenias, Two Gardenias for You. With them, I mean to say, I love you, I adore you, my love, and give them all of your attention because they represent your heart and mine. Dos gardenias para ti, con ella quiero decir, te quiero. Te adoro, mi vida. Ponle todas tu it's great to see so many people enjoying their gardens, and it's one way to help yourself relax. I know I have during the week. Another might be to go and visit other gardens. And it was great to see the announcement during the week that Blarney Castle Gardens are reopening tomorrow. Access to the castle is still out of bounds, but if you're within five kilometres, you can buy a ticket to go and visit the gardens, unless you have a season ticket, which of course means you can just flake away. They're all set to go with a beautiful selection of walks and themed gardens to visit, and you can get more details on their Facebook page. Now then, I told you I had a few sort of building-related theme songs in the playlist this morning, and here's one for you now. It comes from the soundtrack to the movie Witness, which goes all the way back to about 1985. The soundtrack was put together by Maurice Jarre, father of Jean-Michel Jarre. This particular track is called Building the Barn. You can really imagine the whole Amish community all together. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Arts House on Corks 96FM and C103. Alrighty then, judging by some of the online excitement, you'd think that tomorrow we're all going to break free. Unfortunately, we're still stuck to within our 5K, even if we'd like to make the great escape. You're listening to The Arts House on Cork's 96FM and C103. And this week, we're looking forward to seeing a chink of light in the curtains which have been drawn over our lives, I suppose, since the 12th of March. We're lucky in that we can see the example of other countries who are a few weeks ahead of us with how they manage restaurants and how children are returning to school. But God, I'd hate to see ours corralled into individual boxes in the yard. But we've a few months to organise those kind of things now. And in the meantime, the children of Ireland are playing a blinder because cut off from their friends, there's still so much creativity out there and Triscoll Arts Centre wants to support that. So they've enlisted the help of actress extraordinaire George Hanover to showcase children's own stories for Crinoonanog next month. So I called George Hanover to ask her about it and we were saying that while children mightn't have taken home all their books from school, accidentally on purpose or otherwise, they did take home their greatest resources, their imaginations. Exactly, that's it. I think when the project came to, to light or when we were trying to kind of figure it out, it kind of stemmed from one of my nephews who, during the, the lockdown, he took to writing and he wrote a little story and he popped it in the letterbox to me and he said that it was for my daughter, who's nine months old. And I said, oh, that's really lovely. So, you know, I, I read the story to her and kind of thought that it was such a beautiful gesture and I wanted to kind of thank him I suppose and the only thing that I kind of thought that I could do was maybe record audio record his words as he had written them honouring exactly you know the story that he had written and I sent him a file to his mom or whatever and the next morning I think or it could have been that evening that, that they read it or he heard it rather and she said that he, he was absolutely beaming, that he felt so proud. He, you know, there was something very powerful in him hearing the words that he had written back from a, a different voice with obviously maybe a different interpretation as well of, of maybe what he had intended and, and that, you know. And ultimately, 
He has been writing away ever since. He's got a book of poetry that he's working on. And I think he's on his third story of this series, as he calls it now, that he's he's writing, you know. And I just thought that was really powerful and quite an amazing thing to have sparked. I mean, it came from him initially and I just kind of batted something back, which inspired him further. So, yeah, I didn't expect what came out of it, I suppose, to, to come. And I just thought, OK, there's something there. And I can do that, you know, within my capacity to be able to do that with everything that's going on at the moment. And that. so then I extended it to other kind of friends and, and family. And there was great interest from a lot of the, the kids between the kind of six to sort of 12 age group. And again, you know, some were more titillated than others, but others really got that sense of, I suppose, um, I guess I, I, the only word I can use really is empowerment, you know, that these are my words that I've written. And yeah, there's something really great in honouring that and, and holding the integrity of, of what was, was written, you know, not trying to change it. Or You didn't edit what he had done. That's the thing. No, no, not at all. No, not at all. And, you know, it's the type of the story and, you know, written by and, you know, there was one story that had a note at the end of this, you know, the, the child wanted to thank the people who helped her with the story. You know, I just kind of said, yeah, there's an author's note. And I continued on and, and said that. And, you know, again, you know, she is the author. So I think there's something really it's very powerful. If it can help anyone to kind of um, keep going or to kind of feel listened to or, you know, in any way that it can sort of enrich a child's self-confidence and further their imagination and, you know, go down that road, I think it's it's well worth doing, you know. And it was a, a very simple kind of gesture, I suppose, that, that kind of flourished. So, yeah. But the idea really now good. is that mm. taking this forward for Crean and children can submit their stories mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you're going to pick as many as you can or go through yeah. them. For yeah. Crinoon so and Oak to put them on YouTube, what's going to happen? So basically, um, we don't know how many we're going to get. So based on that, we will be reading everyone's stories. Um, and I think we have about 30 minutes um, of time allocated. So what I'll be trying to do is um, get as many stories between the 6 and 12 age group. Um, I'd like to represent, you know, as many ages as possible and read them within that time frame. So depending, again, like I said, on how many we get, not everyone's going to be read out, I guess. The selection process, I literally, I think I would be very keen, like I said, to look at ages to make sure that there's a nice representation of ages there. And from then on, it's we'll just have to, to, to take it as, as it comes. Um, but every story will be read without fail. There's something, I think, in that as well. And the excitement, then, I would hope, on the 13th, when, um, you know, children sit sit down to, to hear the stories and hopefully the joy of when your story is read out, you know. I know that at the very start of this process, one of the guests we had on in one of the very early weeks was the author Sarah Webb, who pretty much from within the first week and a half, I'd say, had writing workshops on a daily basis online Mm -hmm. for children to sort of spark that little bit of creativity at home. And she really 
kicked off a great move of getting those writing muscles going. And so who knows what has been written down already, but people are still free to sit down and make up a new story and send it in from now on. When's the closing date? It's endless. Uh, the possibilities are endless. Um, so the closing date is the 22nd of May. And that gives us <clears throat> excuse me, enough time then to just read through all the stories that have come in. They're actually going to be video recorded as well this time around. So it's not just an audio file. They'll see me reading their stories and that will be up on YouTube for a period of time from the 13th of June, I think, to the last day of June. You can show it to their family and friends, you know, grannies and granddads can, can hear uh, their stories being, being read out. Fantastic. I think it's just a great move between Triskel and Crununanog. And I, I, I know you're going to just have a ball reading all these stories and that you're going to treat them all with love and care. That's the thing actually like that that's I suppose the important thing for me within all of that that you know I would love to be able to read every single one out that comes in it's just not possible at the moment however who knows down the line you know uh, we might be able to expand it and be able to offer something like that where every single story is actually heard I think that would be quite quite something you know we'll see I'll, I'll hold hold tight on that for the moment but um, that that would be a, a really lovely thing to be able to do ultimately but until then it's going to be 30 minutes on the 13th of June and it'll be a surprise hopefully for the young ears listening George thanks a million my pleasure Elmarie thank you so much now, Triscoll Arts Centre continue to be so, so active. And if you have someone in your house who'd like to be part of that Telling Tales with Triscoll, then all you have to do is go onto their Facebook page or the website and follow through the links to click and submit your story. And now it's time for our regular weekly spot from the Crawford Art Gallery in the company of assistant curator Michael Walker. morning, Michael. I'm here for my Greek lesson and it looks like we're looking at the casts or one of the casts, many of which feature in a wonderful room just to the left of the Crawford Art Gallery, which you did up within the last year and changed the colour of the walls. And I think that made all the difference. So the room is called the Sculpture Galleries. Yeah. With the help of Pat McDonald Payne's sponsor last year, huh. we reinvigorated these very historic spaces with a gorgeous blue, which we're calling Canova Blue. <laughs> and it really is kind of a taste of the Mediterranean. And I think we could all do with that at the moment. The amazing thing about the colour is when Elmarie was with me in that gallery, in the sculpture gallery there a few months ago, she took out her phone and she took one picture. And the main reason she got it printed was it came out very well because it was one of the casts. And what kind of strikes your eye is that Canova blue colour in the background. And it looks lovely and it's on the fridge. And the funny thing was, when I showed her this week's work of the week, she said, oh, look, there's my picture, which is on the fridge. And I said, it doesn't even look like you. (laughs) And then she explained, no, the picture that I took of, in this case, it was the bust of Asclepius. And it's now on our fridge, coincidentally. But who is Asclepius and why has he been chosen as the work of the week this week? Well, first of all, I think Henry has great taste (laughs) (laughs) and obviously is setting the trend here. But to get to Asclepius, He was the ancient Greek god of healing. And we've chosen this artwork this week really to celebrate and offer thanks, very sincere thanks to all of the frontline healthcare workers who 
really are going above and beyond. They probably know we appreciate them, mm. but it's no harm in saying it. Yeah. Even sending a little message of thanks will hopefully be warmly received. So he is the Greek god of healing, but I suppose the, the way to connect him to modern day healthcare is through one of his attributes, so something that we can associate with him. And that is called the rod or staff of Asclepius. And it is a staff with a snake curling all the way up around it, so entwined around it. That emblem of the snake and twine staff is kind of almost a universal symbol of healthcare today yeah. on the World Health Organization's logo, see it in pharmacies and so on. So we're going back two and a half, three thousand years longer with these stories of Asclepius yeah. and we still use his symbol today. We may not know who Asclepius is, but we certainly know who his dad is anyway. So Asclepius really isn't a household name today. No. We'll all have heard of his father and his father was Apollo, <laughs> who was also associated with healing, but also with art and music. So he was one of, I suppose, the principal Greek gods also associated with the sun and light. So you yeah. can see how good bit of music, some creativity, the healing power of the sun. And so Apollo is the father of Asclepius. Now, when we look at the family tree of these, these gods, we also notice that Asclepius's offspring also stayed in the family business, healthcare. <laughs> they really did. And I suppose, you know, these, these ancient myths, I remember as a kid being so fascinated by them. Yeah. But, you know, they're like a soap opera because you get you <laughs> disappear down storylines. There's all sorts of double crossing and all sorts of, you know, connections. But in the case of Asclepius, he had several children, two sons who went off into the healing business and the Trojan War. But then his daughters, I think, are very particularly important because they're associated with different aspects of healthcare. And so I suppose they're connected with healing and general good health, recuperation. The two ones that we would still keep in our minds today would be his daughter Hygieia, <laughs> meaning cleanliness, so the word hygiene, yeah. and then panacea, which means universal remedy. And we use those words still today. And I, I always find these kind of mythological stories so interesting because they're about naming and they're about understanding ideas, concepts. And so the daughters of Asclepius help us to understand healing process and the different stages of of healthcare. If we could just widen the topic a little bit and try and figure out how come a bust of a Greek god is keeping lots of company in a room full of sculptures and busts, where did they all come from? How come you've got such a huge exhibition? Well, I suppose that's where we all began. The Crawford Art Gallery and, of course, CIT, Crawford College of Art and Design, all come from the same root, which is a gift of sculpture cast that were given to us at the end of 1818. And we added to that gift over time as well. So while this isn't one of the original casts that came in 1818, it was probably added sometime in the 1830s or 1840s to the collection. These sculpture plaster casts were an education tool. They were to educate artists in, in, in terms of drawing yeah. and observing figures, but also, I suppose, to the general public as well at times yeah. to learn about the cultures and, I suppose, be exposed to great works of art. 
Okay. Well, do you know what? I learned a little bit myself. So by extension, it's still teaching us a lesson or two. If not the words that we use so commonly, where they come from, right down to how art inspires art and artists. And again, it's part of our work of the week this week. It's called Bust of Asclepius. It's 19th century. It's a plaster cast. And it's, well, it's one of the heroes at work in the Crawford, quietly while it's closed. But if you want to see it, all you have to do is just go to crawfordartgallery.ie forward slash work of the week. And again, thank you for your wisdom and insight, Michael. We'll talk again next week. Thanks, Father. The Canova Blue Michael referred to was in tribute to the man behind the creation of the casts, Italian sculptor Antonio di Canova. They became known as the Canova Casts, as they were created under his supervision. Over 200 of them once existed. Their route to the Crawford was quite a journey. Originally they came from the Vatican as a gift to the British Crown for helping to defeat Napoleon. They languished in London for many years, were turned down by the Royal Academy, until the Cork Society for Promoting Fine Arts simply asked for them. Connections, connections. Living for a while on Patrick Street in the Apollo Society Gallery and finally finding a home in the old Custom House, what is now today called the Crawford Art Gallery. So, go to crawfordartgallery.ie and you'll discover a lot more besides. That was this week's Work of the Week. May the gods continue to smile upon us. Let's stay in Greece, and as the Crawford's assistant curator Michael Waldron said, there's a nice Mediterranean feel about the sculpture gallery. So let the god of sunshine, the arts and creativity, Apollo, smile on us with our next track from the film Zorba the Greek. Now, if you go to the Glucksmann Gallery's website at glucksmann.org, you'll find a ton of things to do with art at home online. Like a section called Creativity at Home, you'll get instructive videos on how to do different things from shadow drawings and bubble painting to creating your own flipbook. Intrigued? Well, you should be. For instance, there's a tutorial exploring the craft of theatre in art called Enter Stage Left, using elements of storytelling, music, performance and design. You get to figure out how the setting of a story creates the mood. Is it scary or is it calm and comforting? Then you get to create the scene just like a stage set using simple household materials. Now, if that was me... I'd be stuck in for the whole week. Look, (laughs) it took me all afternoon during the week just to paint a garden bench at home. Now, if that's too ambitious for you, there are smaller, simpler projects and new ideas coming up online all the time. So you'll never be stuck for something, that's for sure. Just visit glucksman.org for tons of ideas to make and to do. 
Yeah, definitely say check out the Glucksman Gallery website as well. So many ideas there. The videos are all just fantastic. Now we're actually going to stay in the Mediterranean, but this time heading over to Italy. When next will we ever get a chance to go there? Who knows? But at once upon a time, all the way back in the 1880s, even managed to cure Tchaikovsky's writer's block when he went on holidays there. This is the beautiful Capriccio Italien. And you can just picture us all dancing the streets of Rome.